0: Hey everybody, this is Adam, co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to. That podcast being our monthly Nirvana fan podcast, heart Pod. Just a heads up that you can get a bonus episode of heart Pod every single month. That's two episodes a month, as opposed to just one. You might recognize that as twice as many episodes. And all you have to do is subscribe on patreon.com unpops. You can actually get bonus episodes of pretty much all of the podcasts I record, and you can hear our entire lineup of podcasts that I'm not on completely ad-free, all-in-one, really easy-to-use app, or you get a RSS link that you can just plug into any podcast app. It couldn't be easier. Your grandmother could figure it out. And also, like I said, bonus episode of Pod every single month. So... Subscribe now, patreon.com slash unpops. It's just $5 a month. How crazy is that? Thanks. We love you. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana
2: fan podcast with your
0: hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Travis fucking Clark. Fucking Clark. (laughs) It gets angrier every time. Uh, Kyle Clark's with us again, too. Hey, Mm -hmm. guys. It's back. It's Kyle not fucking Clark. Not fucking. Never fucking
2: (laughs) (laughs) ever again. I'm like Morrissey, guys.
1: (laughs) Oh, Morrissey. Kyle abstinence is a choice Clark.
0: (laughs) Hey, welcome back. <laughs> I just <laughs> nodded and felt sad. <laughs> like, mm, all yeah, right, that yeah. seems right. That seems like the right choice <laughs> uh, for me. Accuracy hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what order these are going up in, so either welcome back or... Welcome to the first of two episodes with Kyle oh, Clark. Oh, man. It, yeah. i got to
2: remember to not reference that episode that'll possibly
0: come out later. <laughs> we'll just put that one up 1st we'll, That'll easy. Yeah, yeah let's just make it yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle is back with us again. Huzzah. We just did an episode. The last episode was about nirvana moments that almost were. Right. Ah. Ah. It was a very, very heavy affair. Full of yeah. good decisions. Yeah. 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 We
1: all had to kind of just take a minute and have a surge. It was a...
2: Uh... Yeah. Reference. Then we listen to that surge. That surge CD. CD. God, I know it's somewhere in like my shelf. I've got to find it. And like that's like one of my goals for this year: find surge. CD I'm still digitized. impressed
0: when anyone still has any physical media aside from vinyl. Weirdly enough, but like uh, Andy Sell, we're working on a horror movie podcast, and he'll text- that should be the name of it. <laughs> 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 That's pretty accurate We've been working on it for the, a while The last episode is the
2: first episode of the podcast
0: <laughs> I think we're out of stuff to talk about Well, <laughs> alright, thanks guys He'll text me stuff like Hey, I just found my VHS copy of the last broadcast I'm like, you have a fucking VCR? No. That's amazing Horror fans yeah.
2: tend to have VCRs Yeah, yeah, so yeah they have to, There's right? like a one-to-one yeah. thing
0: Yeah, and there's stuff I think that still comes out Oh, just a lot on VHS. You better believe him. for a bunch to... of weirdos. Yeah, Says it. the guy who put his album out on cassette.
2: Yeah. At ch- so, wait. Oh, we both Both did. of these guys. Yeah. both done yeah. cassette records. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Cassette records, I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've still never listened to my album on cassette. It could be blank for all I know. You? Have I? I think
2: I've heard pieces of it because the first hundred I made, I hand, like, assembled and had to check all the pieces to. Oh really? And so I had to like, yeah, I like hand copied them over. I, I really had to like, I'm doing this punk rock. And the next time was like, I found a place that
0: presses cassettes. Yeah, I was like, I'm doing this punk rock. Sends a request <laughs> via email. Did you do it through uh, Wiener Records? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not sure. The same guy who recorded the the album, Cole Mason. Oh, okay. He's in a band in Chicago, and they put their music out on cassette. So oh, I was cool. like. Hey since you recorded it why don't you uh, help me fucking print them up? Cassettes oh. are, are like huge in the underground metal scene right
2: now. They're, they're huge. They, they've been really hip across the board for a minute cuz they're super cheap to press.
1: Right, it's why 7 inches were popular in yeah. the 90s yeah. because it was this thing that no one did anymore but it cost anything. And now to, you yeah. can
2: like either decide to buy a car or Press a seven inch of something. Yeah, sure.
0: vinyl is expensive. Oh, right? man. Yeah, I've
2: given up. Like I'm no, I no longer give a shit enough to try. I mean, to put you can do vinyl.
0: it on CD, baby. They'll like, yeah, it's print still pricey. Vinyl, but right, like, I right. might,
2: maybe I'll do some someday. We should yeah. put
0: out every episode of Heart Shape
1: Pot on seven inch. Like it's just a box seven inch of every episode. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> just, amazing.
2: <laughs> I thought about doing a cassette episode, and like when we start Patreon for This Is Rad, like sending out a cassette based episode to people who subscribe to a certain level, like a secret analog episode. I have a four-track recorder for cassette, oh, wow. so I could do wow. a fully analog episode of a podcast.
1: You should do like you remember what Flaming Lips used to do, like how they recorded Zarika, where it's like everything's on a different so
2: record, four records. Yeah. So you it have to together. play it all at the same time. To <laughs> to, have to
1: sync it up just right.
2: I know a band named Beowulf Jones. I know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Beowulf sure. for his birthday for many years would have a Zarika party where he would set it up in his living room on wow. four
0: stereos. You know,
1: some just... of us never got over two thousand one, and that's okay. <laughs> some of
2: us. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's honestly more work than I want to do to listen yeah, to an it's album. Yeah, that's true. I haven't even listened it's to awesome. my own on cassette. It's more work than you. I want to do
1: with my friends. Like, yeah. I don't want to, everyone hit play. No, I don't want to. I'm already out. don't have four
0: yeah. stereos. I don't
1: have four friends. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if you combine your too many
1: stereos with
2: four people he knows? <laughs> And everyone will stop oh. talking to you both.
1: Wow, that's how social media works. <laughs> you know more people. I have more equipment. Let's not really You're d- describing
2: yeah.
0: podcasting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <sighs> now I get it. So we're talking about, we're finally diving into the Nevermind years. With or the sheep, sheep years. Or the sheep years, known. yes. We've left the too, too many humans era. Yeah. And we've moved into the sheep era. And I I, I felt like, Kurt trying heroin was a good place that, to start. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. So Kurt, as Kurt thought
1: that was really a good place to start too, apparently. Yeah, yeah.
0: He he start he uh injected heroin for the first time in November 1990. And what, who's documenting that? What I can't gather from and I I got that from Heavier Than Heaven, which is there's basically three or four Nirvana books and they all kind of tell the same story.
1: There's one I haven't read what's it uh, uh
0: everyone, everybody everybody's been our to our t- everyone's seen our town everyone loves our town yeah an or, oral oral <laughs> history of grunge <laughs> or, or kyle yeah oral history uh, <laughs> oh i just got it yeah <laughs>
2: oh
0: <laughs> Oh, we have fun here
1: i do prefer oral uh, grunge to anal grunge it's
2: speak for <laughs> yourself <laughs> Fred. <laughs> jam all that grunge right up in there. Yeah, Fill me ever, up with grunge. You had
1: to have a grunge depository? Oh, it's have I? a bit of a problem. You ever, we yeah. ever have
2: a grunge depository with a boner and you're like, I swear to God, this is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> the screaming trees are like, sure, man. We see you trolling those
0: bars. A little
2: flannel chaser.
0: What has happened flannel chaser? <laughs> anyway, Kurt tried, co- Kurt tried heroin. <laughs> Kurt tries heroin for the first time. What I can't, what I don't Really get from this mention in Heavier Than Heaven? They make it sound like he went right into injecting heroin. I could. I mean, yeah. You if you
1: don't don't fuck around, don't smoke it. Just if you're gonna do heroin, inject it.
0: I guess I'll I'll say this:
2: like, (laughs) what what, a weird thing I just (laughs) encourage people to do. From what I've been told, smoking heroin can get messy. Oh, really? How so? Because I believe it like splatters around in the tin foil while you've got the trench going, and you're trying to like hold the straw in your mouth. You didn't hang out with a lot of heroin addicts growing up?
1: I was a heroin addict for a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oxycontin, same thing. I did it for very I mean, it's time. not.
2: It really it, is. It is, but like, you know.
1: Chemically, it's exactly the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but
2: you're not slamming uh, fluid try, in your body. Try did and, you?
1: Try and quit it. Try Wait, and did qu- you
2: shoot heroin, though? No. Oh. I'm not a fucking... Like, I have a friend who has paintings that are his own blood, sprayed from used heroin needles from when he'd, like, lay around all h down. That My does, God. That, that's a, <laughs> but also,
1: like... You could have never said that, and I would have known that about you anyway.
2: (laughs) I just think it's the most metal thing. And I I am very anti heroin for the record. Uh, It ruins lives and is a plague upon the world, but uh, still the most metal thing I've ever known a
0: person to do. (laughs) Yeah, that is a pretty amazing story. (laughs) So, yeah, Kurt tries heroin. He calls Chris the next day to tell him. I love this exchange. Yeah. Uh, Hey, Chris, I did heroin. Well, what was that like? Oh,
1: it was all right. You know, you shouldn't do it. Look at Andy Wood. Yeah, I know. I'm Dave Grohl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Andy Wood, uh, for anybody who is curious. He's a beloved comedian. He's a beloved comedian, (laughs) co-founder of the Bridgetown uh, Comedy Festival. Hugely influential in the grunge scene. Uh, No, this Andy Wood is the guy from Mother Love Bone, the lead singer. Yes. Who uh, uh, really, really loved dog shows and heroin. Dog uh, shows? Dog shows. Yeah. Loved dog shows. Wow. We're, like super obsessed with dog shows and heroin. Uh one of those killed him. Yeah. Uh, dog shows? Yeah. Dog shows. Saint dog Bernard shows, not even, <laughs> not even <laughs> once. Not even once.
2: It's uh it, I mean, on the other hand, because he died, we got several other grunge bands. We out got of
1: Green it. River and Pearl Jam.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yay! Yay! Totally <laughs> worth it. <laughs> 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 Uh, he also called his... And gr- Temple of the Dog, which yeah, is all bias. about him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going home. <hungry. laughs> Say hello
1: to heaven. I'll follow you in about 20 years. Um, is that how it goes? Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> I got that. I
2: now want to do a version of Under the Bridge where you're the entire choir singing like that. <laughs> There we go. Got you a new sound <laughs> clip there for the board. I like that. <laughs> so
0: Tracy, I did heroin. So I did heroin. And so he seems he seems happy about this. He's he's excited. Why don't
2: you go find a girl who loves heroin he's, today?
0: <laughs> I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe he will. Maybe. I don't. We shouldn't give it away. <laughs> I don't know. There's twist endings, but it might happen. But around this time, it's 1990. He starts doing heroin, but it's still like a recreational thing, even though there is a kind of famous story of him and Tracy not long after that phone call. They go out one night. They're like bar hopping. And in between, he says, I have to stop and use the bathroom, which uh, that's already embarrassing because that implies you have to take a shit in right. between bar stops right. and he doesn't come back out so she goes up to his apartment and finds him on the bathroom floor with a needle in his arm and a bottle of bleach next to him fitting mm. that's uh, well, if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die on brand
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> also i like that he stopped by his own home to take a shit yeah like, i feel like that's a fun detail uh,
1: i don't think he'd stop by to take a shit i think it was just
0: yeah it was yeah. probably just the hair yeah because he seems like the shit anywhere kind of yeah. right? guy. He also seems yeah. like
1: he shits like every five days.
0: <laughs> Tops. Yeah, he did have yeah. those stomach. Yeah, I've never known if the stomach ailment was the shit all the time or not shit that often kind.
1: Or just the heroin. Uh, <laughs> like maybe yeah. it's uh, heroin doesn't always agree with you. No, it Ooh, doesn't.
2: Heroin is not settling well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think this heroin spoiled. you'll pardon me, I, I
2: did some <laughs> heroin and it's not agreeing with me. <laughs>
1: It's just heroin free range because it feels very like just
0: commercialized. Artisanal
2: heroin <laughs> does seem like it could have been a great B side for a Nirvana record.
0: Or a business opportunity still sure. anywhere in the nation now. Right. Like Seattle in the 90s. But heroin's really coming back. Oh, in a big bad way. Yeah. 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 It is experiencing a resurgence. Good for heroin.
1: You know, that just shows kids stick with it. Eventually,
0: uh, it'll all come around you again. Yeah, can't keep a if good you,
2: addictive substance yeah. now.
0: If you have money and heroin, keep it there. Yeah. It's going to come back up. Sure. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> I invested in
1: Bitcoin and heroin. i would tell you, heroin was the better bet.
0: <laughs> and Nazis, weirdly enough. All yeah, all Right. All of a sudden. They called me crazy when I said that I would have
2: digital heroin-addicted <laughs> Nazis, because I said that while I was high on heroin.
0: But uh, paid all out. Wow. So around this time, that's like late 1990. Uh, early ninety one is when they start talking about signing their record deal, and I'm still not sure what this means. But in early nineteen ninety one, he signs a publishing deal with Virgin Publishing, but it's not actually. What was his
1: publishing company? Because all of them had dumb names at the time.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure there was like
1: in in one ear out. Your mother was like uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. No, that was like uh, that was one of the guys from Soundgarden. I forget.
2: Is it Poo Box Liability Holdings? <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the other names he had pitched out. What's it really? Nirvana. (laughs) Oh, is this the first time this has come up on your show? Poo-poo box holdings? No, just poo-poo box. Really? Yeah. Is this a Kyle thing or is this a real thing? This is a montage of heck.
0: Really? I wish they had gone with that. Yeah. This heart-shaped poo-poo box? Yeah. Yeah. Podcast would be a whole different thing. I really would That's, if it was about the, the boy. Band, would our logo Poco be box. different? It's, that, it's <laughs> that real
2: piece of shit guy with the 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 dumb hair who written Rolling Stone forever. You know who has the giant mouth you could fit a baby in. You know who I'm talking about. He has the the haircut from fucking Brian Jones style. What? Huh? But anyways, I don't
0: know what's happening. I don't either.
2: That guy is in some documentary talking about like the original names for Nirvana, and he goes through like a couple of different ones. And he's like, and Poo Poo Box. It's always crazy. I don't think <laughs> we'd be having this conversation about this hit song if it was by the band Poo Poo Box. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Candle Box had a fucking hit. I feel. Well, that was well, members of yeah.
2: Poo Poo Box. Well, well, also, if you open a box and it's full of candles, you're nowhere near as obsessed. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it all depends. Depends on the recipient.
0: Could be Poo Poo Candles. So he signs Poo Poo Candles is a ska band. <laughs> He signs his publishing deal and gets a check for $3,000. This is one of my favorite stories. This is great. He pays his rent, and then he goes to Toys R Us, where he spends $1,000 on, get ready for this list, America, a Nintendo, two pixel vision video cameras, two automatic BB guns that look like M16 rifles, several evil Knievel plastic models, fake dog feces, fake vomit, and rubber severed hands. Toys R Us is a lot different than I remember, apparently. Also, I don't remember it as the fake feces and vomit and severed rubber hands store. Uh,
1: BB guns, evil Knievel, fake dog feces, fake vomit, rubber hands. Okay, that's 300 bucks. How much did he pay for this fucking Nintendo camera? Oh no, it's camera? totally
2: it's the 2 Pixel Vision cameras, it's the camera. It's okay. expensive. Uh, do you guys ever see Slacker? Yeah, they filmed it on they that. They shot yeah. part of it on Pixel Vision cameras. They're
1: super interesting. They they film them on on oddly enough cassettes, like regular like a like an audio cassette, they would use it like a VHS tape and it looks super weird.
2: Yeah, it's Oh I, wow. it's one of those things that I have to pretend I'm not going to buy one day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cause they're they're such
2: a weird specific look.
0: I kind of want one now that I've yeah. heard that.
1: You know, like when you when you had those we cameras could tape over our albums with yeah, you
2: could.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your blank al-
1: your blank albums that no one's listened to. So you know, like when you do like the night vision thing on like a video camera from yeah. like the late nineties, it looks like that, but like with a whole bunch of dots all over. Yeah, it. Ima- like it's- imagine
2: a night vision camera as shot on a Sega CD game, right? <laughs>
1: but not at night because you wouldn't have picked up anything. Like it's actually be really well lit to show up on it. It's it's weird. It's a weird technology. I don't know who fucking made it, but it was uh, the it was the original
2: digital camera. Was yeah okay because it was like the architecture that would go into what would eventually become the digital camera.
1: But on an analog. Well,
2: they didn't really have (laughs) the thing yet because that was still the same time period where like video game systems, a lot of them were like ColecoVision and stuff had like attaches that you'd put on that ran cassette tapes and stuff like that. It was still like cassettes were more of a like computer based thing. We just think of them as audio now. but There's a lot they could do.
0: Yeah, I remember like the the Vic Twenty. Yeah, that's that had a cassette drive that you could add to it. My cousin had one. He was such a rich prick.
1: Fuck that guy.
0: He eventually <laughs> got his nose broken at the mall by a twelve year old. Hell guy. yeah, that's what that that's because he was taking Taekwondo and he felt all brash about it. So he was just walking around the mall being shitty to people. And one of the people he was shitty to was this twelve year old who was like a foot shorter than him. And the kid just wrecked his fucking. That's awesome. Life. And it was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I was so happy to be there in that moment.
2: Too
1: bad you didn't have that on a
2: pixel vision camera. Yeah, like, that would be a neat piece of footage. Exactly. I'm, yeah. co- I'm more concerned about the the Evil plastic models because that's a good 25 years after Evil Knievel's relevancy.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, was Evil Knievel big enough to? Yeah, he was. Uh, in Evel... Wow. In 1990,
1: Evil Knievel had a huge resurgence with. What was called free runners at the time, which ended up becoming parkour, and with skateboarders, they all looked up to him
0: as uh, he had a resurgence of wow. popularity. Wow, I was sure that was going to be a bit. Yeah, nope. I'm I just, thought that was going to. No, I'm just end telling you, you, saying he had an album on Sub Pop. <laughs> he or. Something he did have
1: an <laughs> album on Sub Pop. <laughs> yes. or something because when they went to record something, he got super excited about there being an Evil Knievel record there. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: That's just, like, a band called Evil Knievel just sounds like it would be a side project for the Super Suckers.
1: Or Fu Manchu. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Those are ostensibly (laughs) the same band to me. I do like the Super Suckers a lot.
0: Who Uh, doesn't
2: love a leather cowboy hat?
0: (laughs) So, around this time, Kurt reaches out to Gold Mountain Management on the recommendation of Thurston Moore, because... You don't want to be on a major label unless Thurston Moore says it's okay. God,
1: this hero worship with Thurston Moore is kind of creepy.
2: Here's the thing, though. We exist in the post-fallout of Thurston Moore. If you remember, though, up until like five years ago, he was the coolest man on Earth. Was he? Yeah, 100%. I I mean, you're talking to a guy who will bleed for Sonic Youth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sonic Youth for a long
2: time was like that. The top of the cool mountain. So wait yeah. why did he
1: why why did he fall out of
2: favor? Because he because broke the band? Well, because he cheated on his wife, and Kim Gordon is actually the coolest person who's ever lived. And he double crossed her. Oh. Yeah. It's a it's a rough story. It's it's uh it made me really question if love could possibly exist when, when that ended, because I was like, Oh, well, I guess there's no hope for anyone. Huh. But yeah, those two were the tastemakers for all things for a long time. I mean, literally from Nirvana to like they're the people who co-signed the strokes.
1: Yeah, and Kathleen, uh, Hannah, and... Uh, yeah, everything. All that like, shit. They, yeah.
2: Like, Nirvana... Ha- or, I mean, Sonic Youth had this weird relation with Geffen where Geffen would, like, once a year go, who's the cool thing? And they'd send him three records and they'd give those people million-dollar record deals. Like, yeah. that's, like, this crazy thing about Sonic Youth.
1: But weren't they just a bunch of art school kids, right? Is that how they they also
2: have pretty crazy good taste and stuff.
1: No, no, but that's how they met, right? That's how... Sorted. Of, how yeah. did Sonic Youth become?
2: Okay, alright. Well, how much time do we have here? <laughs> okay, so like... If we're going to
1: say how influential they were... Well, they were
2: out of the New York art scene. Right. And then there's a... To understand Sonic Youth, you must understand Glenn Branca. And to understand Glenn (laughs) Branca, you must understand the No Wave movement. I immediately regret (laughs) this. (laughs) This is why I have not done a Sonic (laughs) Youth episode of my show yet, because me and Matt Bennett have talked about how we need at least five hours to get an adequate Sonic Youth episode together. Did they all go to
1: school together? No. Okay, that's all I needed. Here's (laughs) the deal.
2: Okay, quick version of it. No Wave happens. It's like a cool experimental thing that mixes... like. Like the art scene and punk and like all the downtown stuff happening in New York. Glenn Branca, does these, who was in a band called Theoretical Girls, started doing these experiments where he would do orchestras of detuned guitars that would play different pieces that would create orchestral sounds based on different tunages of guitar. Thurston Moore is in those, and he, as is Lee Rinaldo, and they're both sitting around going, like, hey, we could start a cool rock band with the idea of doing these like weirdly tuned guitars and do a post-punk band. They start fucking around with that. They meet Kim Gordon, who's a visual artist, and they're like, you're cool as shit. You're cooler than everybody else we know. You should just learn to play bass and join our band. And so then the three of them, along with Steve Shelley, start fucking around. And then for, like, five years, they're terrible but cool. And then somewhere along the line, they figure out how to be Sonic Youth. And then they're just the best forever.
0: Okay. All right. That checks out. So that's Sonic Youth, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think we I think we have our episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Kurt worships Sonic Youth. Yes. As did most musicians yeah. of his pedigree or his peers whatever you want to call they it they
2: were taking what everybody else was doing and doing it more technical more interesting and also on a major label like yeah. so they're like, like you know you look at a record like daydream nation and that came out on a major label but at the same time as like one of those like landmark like i'd put it in the same level as like never not even never mind but more even like the velvet underground and nico as far as like records that like people hear and go oh fuck like i gotta do music now forever
0: yeah they were influential. No, no, no.
1: You're not a Sonic Youth guy. I, 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 I don't know their backstory. I'm aware of them. I have the. I, I. They lost me after Washing Machine. I was done after Washing Machine. Oh, but
2: they get better eventually.
1: Right. I, I'm not saying Washing Machine's a bad record. It just is, after though. a while. No, I love Diamond C. All right. Sure. Uh, Every, yeah. Uh, but just after a while, I was just like, I've, I've, I've had what I needed from Sonic. Oh, You'll get
0: rather Rip. That record's real good. Oh, I think I is have. There, it. Is there, like second to last one. It's okay. really, really good.
1: Nurse, isn't there a nurse or that's something in there? That's one before rather okay, Rip, right. but, uh
0: yeah. I like how we've been talking about Kurt Cobain dying and being strung out on heroin. And the thing that brought the room down the most <laughs> over these past two episodes was, oh, Thurston Moore fucked over Kim Gordon. Yeah, oh. I'm way more upset about that. That just took that, that shatters that air my way out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Anyway, back to this fucking guy. <laughs> so yeah, Thurston Moore tells him to reach out to Gold Mountain Management, which is Danny Goldberg and John Silva. And they fucking were managements of everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were show business <laughs> yes. at this right. point. And they John this is a typical Kurt Cobain story from around the time. John Silva flies to Seattle to meet the band and take them, take them out for dinner. They do that, but when they get to the place. Kurt just spends most of the time riding his bike in the parking lot instead of coming in for the meeting. And then he finally comes in and sits for a little while and then says Beat Happening is playing across town and he wants to go to that. And John Silva acts really excited about it.
2: I bet John Silva was not a huge beat
0: happening fan yeah he he admitted shortly thereafter he fucking hated beat happening but, oh, but just, how, how, how oh. aware
2: are we all of beat happenings music right now
0: i I'm not
2: that I, I enjoy them in that way where like I can't defend like when people are like this is terrible like it's uh one of those kinds of things.
1: I don't know them enough to uh no we go with our them.
2: secret our secret here we go here we go. your listeners are gonna be like Kyle's dumb for liking this. Got
1: a real flipper kind of vibe. That was uh, that
2: was the aesthetic. That's the cat. That's the logo for all K records. Uh, oh, oh! I thought it was a shield with a K. It's not extensively awful. Wait till awful. the start. <laughs> Wait till Calvin starts singing. Town, it's so
1: it's a male Shona knife. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I said
2: I like it's said she uh, it's like what if like the shags were legitimately and catchy? We what if the Shags were brothers? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a guy and a gal, and they're uh, they're a lot of fun. Alright. This is This definitely this... seems up Kurt's alley. Yeah, oh I'm yeah. It. It, the same guy who wears a Daniel Johnston shirt to photo. Yeah, I don't shit. hate so, this. It's it's a, it's fun, it's an acquired
0: taste, but like if you like like low-fi stuff, this yeah, and is and I like all... weird vocals and shit like all that. All
2: of mod like the indie rock of the late two thousands owes everything to this band. Everything yeah, on yeah, Sebastian, see Interpol, Interpol, like, yeah. all those things. Every single thing that was cool even when MySpace was a thing. Yeah. Because Being happening. Listen, exactly. yeah.
1: She Hates My Sister. What was that band? She hates my sister. She wants Revenge. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What is the name of that? Oh, that wasn't. Yeah, band. yeah, yeah.
1: I used to always call it She Hates My Sister because I couldn't remember. And yeah, what is the
0: name of the, that I can only She Wants Revenge, I they think, had is what one it was. song though, Yeah songs. it sounded like this. Yeah.
2: Were they like they were like they were like an
0: Interpol? Oh, rip yes. Off. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. For a minute, I
2: thought you were. I thought all of a sudden that she Wants friends was like way older than I thought they were. And well, they like, oh, were like shit.
1: they were like a bunch of like street thugs rappers from England who were like, oh, Interpol,
0: well, we could do that, and yeah. they just totally changed what they did and made oh. that yeah interesting. Yeah. So that's beat happening. So hey, fuck you, John Silva. Yeah. They're an all right band. Yeah. They did when you read about. Him and the the Calvinists, they do seem like a bunch of assholes though. Oh, oh the the
2: the K Records people, yeah. they yeah, they yeah. again, they're the proto hipster. Yeah, yeah. Like K
0: Records and Kill Rock Stars are diff- they different things. Different things. Different right. things. Kill Rock Stars is in Portland, yeah. isn't it? Although yeah. is it's also in Seattle. No, No. a bunch of comics have albums on Kill Rock Stars. Yeah, now. they're Ian Portland. Ian Carmel, Kurt Braunohler. They're out of it's weird because the Seattle and the Portland scene at that
2: point are very interconnected. Yes. Well, a bunch yeah, of the, they're so
0: close to each other.
2: And the stuff that would like influence like you know, like I mentioned in the last episode, like Greg Sage and the wipers, like were such a like real early, you know, band that actually came out of I don't know if either of you guys know them. They're one of my kind of favorite oh, yeah, lost yeah. bands. And uh they go on to like inspire a billion other bands by like the mid eighties to really go and kind of push a lot of that scene into doing stuff.
0: Oh. Yeah. Nirvana's uh cover is Return of the Rat is yeah. a wiper song, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. God, Nirvana have a deceptive amount of cool
0: covers. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's a thing I feel like they don't get enough credit for
2: because no one knows it, oh, any of the songs they they've done or a- covered. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well their first song, Love Buzz, was a cover.
2: Who what, who does Love um, Buzz originally?
0: Shocking Blue. There it is.
2: You're yeah. just breaking my brain right now.
0: You didn't I had know Love Buzz? No was a idea. Cover? Yeah. yeah, it's a cover of a sick song from the sixties. Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: Whoa, I gotta go hear the original. Now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
2: I fucking love that song. And I was like, ah, Nirvana wrote a really catchy song. Yeah,
1: and Kurt was fucking super mad that their first Nirvana 7 inch was a cover, not an original. Oh, he was it's like, like
2: uh, he's like Fred Durst, the generation before. He's
1: exactly like Fred Durst. He, when it, I think I would of Fred Durst, yeah, <laughs>
0: he was. They're, uh, they're uh, less different than I they are. I think we can agree. Fred Durst should kill himself.
2: <laughs> Somewhere Fred Durst listening going, Yo, everybody agrees with that, <laughs> but some of us are cowards.
0: <laughs> true true story though, he for the longest time now has been hosting a jazz night. Yeah, and it's supposed to be LA. excellent. And it's I wanna go Fred really Durst? bad. Yeah, yeah he's it's allegedly he's really actually great.
2: Supposed to be like at this point in his life, not a terrible dude. He was like, Yeah, it turns out when you're young and a piece of shit from yeah. Jacksonville, Florida, you're gonna be a problem. But yeah, like, he's like, like he like
0: fucking talks shit to Trump on Twitter yeah, all the time. He's, he's kinda dope. Yeah, yeah, he's he's experienced a renaissance. It turns a, out you can uh, still a be a good a renaissance. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he uh, it turns out wants to like uh, undo all of the horrible things he did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but he's still got to be wearing that red cap, right? Like no, no he's no. just he he kind of embrac- Yeah, and he like suits, embraces Travis. that he's bald. Yeah. What?
2: Yeah. This is
1: blowing my mind, guys. Are you
2: saying that I feel like Travis Clark of all people hears a story of a man who in his 20s was a real garbage person, <laughs> but by his 30s is a pretty cool guy. Like, I feel like that's a narrative you should support. I was a really
1: cool guy in my 20s. T- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought you were talking about me for a second. I feel like everybody in but this I room still really wasn't, fits a profile. I still wasn't cool by my 30s. Yeah. That just happened like a year or two ago. I'm banking on by 35 <laughs> things working out.
1: Yeah, Don't do that. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> it, so John Silva is a kind of nefarious character as this story goes along. At the same time... I'd kind of be like fuck this kid if like I'm trying to have a meeting and he just rides his bike around and then yeah. he goes like let's go see some band yeah yeah I wouldn't be into that
1: but if your tastemaker art school dropout friends that make you a bunch of money are telling you this guy's gonna be a guy you want you'd be like sure man it's all fucking business yeah it's all yeah. And it's all it's all long con how can I get the most money I yeah
2: do? I I have this issue and I'll and I'll bring it up now because like because again I I love Nirvana but I've always had a little bit of an issue with the fact that, like, Kurt Cobain plays this, like, oh, I didn't want to make money. I didn't want to be around. rock oh, yeah. like, he's one of the most, like, calculated business people I've ever oh, seen for sure. in, like, yeah. music. Business?
1: Fame. I think he wanted fame. I don't know about business. I don't sure. think he had very I good th- business But I think sense. he wanted yeah. a
2: lot of money. Sure. And, and you know, to me, that all kind of runs together. Like, he he was not – he never made e- – like, if, if in utero is supposed to be their most like unlistenable crazy record, and it's still like three minute long songs with verses and yep. choruses that you can sing along to, yeah, like it's literally my favorite album of yeah. all time. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's not the Melvins or the Butthole no. Surfers or like like real or John Spencer. Like he's he's not this like
1: second John Spencer mention.
2: Again, Kyle Clark Killing is here, it. friend. Uh, <laughs> but like, he's not this like noisy acoustic figure who's writing like challenging records. Like all their records are like toe-tapping fun songs. Some
1: of, I mean, you, you get your weird shit. You get your moist vaginas and your endless nameless. And sure, your,
2: you know. Yeah, you get your moist <laughs> vaginas. I said, <laughs> you and do. You, then you all. We're at Adam's place. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing but moist vaginas yeah, for you, days. Get, you get your All moist vagina. You know what else it is? Dem
1: today!
0: Yeah, I guess... The- <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've never been happier to be in a place than that happening right now.
0: Yeah, I get the sense Kurt Cobain wanted to just kind of play the... Like, I'm... Uh, I still don't embrace material stuff. And then... Just one day, we all look around and go, "Fuck, Kurt Cobain's rich," and he's like, "I don't know, it just <laughs> just happened." I My just, favorite thing. One of, day I look down <laughs> and there's this pile of money under me. I, I guess I own a farm in California
1: now. It was early on, Adam. You told me that that Courtney loves critique of Kurt. Yes, was that he'd be with us still if he just embraced
2: luxury? I 100 agree with that. Actually, <laughs> I, 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 I think that's very accurate. <laughs> It could be, yeah. He, there's not a, like, like I'm going to say something's going to piss people <laughs> There's not a doubt in my mind that if, like, Kurt Cobain were alive now, he'd be a weird conservative. <laughs> yeah. I can like, see if, it. If, if it, maybe best, like a Green best, Party best or a case Libertarian, scenario, yeah. he would be a hardcore libertarian.
1: <laughs> yeah. Libertarian for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: could see that. But, like, he'd be like a rich asshole who's still, like, you don't want to own stuff, but also, like, stay off my property. <laughs>
1: like, he would have for sure been mad at Napster.
2: Yeah, oh, he would
1: have for like, sure. oh yeah. Yeah. He would have been like, That's my art. You know, and like really been that
2: guy. Yeah. He'd he he'd be he'd be dubbed problematic now.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we've talked about that.
0: Yeah. he I don't know how deep into the internet age he would have gotten before people would have been like, uh, we have questions. for uh, one thing that under the bridge stuff. Yeah, I lived under the happen. bridge and I never saw you there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so here's a fucking streaming camera of under the bridge and you've never been there. <laughs> so, back to back to the Nevermind years. On November 25th, they play a show at a club called the Off Ramp in Seattle. Ooh. It's the name of a bar. It's not the uh, just not like a street or anything. And according to Heavier than Heaven, this show, quote, attracted more A&R representatives than any concert in northwest history which sounds like something fucking trump would say yeah. but travis what, wait, wait what this show yeah this is the show that changes, every- it
1: changes <laughs> everything changes
0: everything oh, i feel like
2: i'm excited we're hitting all the tropes in this episode but yeah finally, yes, finally something is
0: changing for this band this is when they they describe it as when the feeding frenzy starts oh. all the industry people start converging on nirvana which is weird cuz it seems like they've also Already decided who they're signing a record deal with, and all this shit.
2: Yeah. So how many of those people were just like already in <coughs> Seattle, like trying to sign bands? Where like Nirvana was just one of a thousand things. Yeah. Just but like,
1: Nirvana's the one that really cracked that scene. Nah,
2: open. Alice in Chains, man. Alice, Alice in Chains, Chains had did, already put out a successful major so, label record and had done the Big Four tour.
1: And so had Soundgarden. Yes. But these guys are the ones that made it realize you could get like much more sure but like the
2: blood in the water is already there i will concede (laughs) like like here i'll I'm, i'm gonna give you the shittiest like uh version of this that i feel like i can sell I feel like Alice, I already conceded. Alice in Chains. I just want to make this point. <laughs> okay. your, your face is going to be fun. Alice in Chains and uh, 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 Soundgarden are the Offspring's Americana. Why are you Nirvana's doing this to Nirvana's enemy of the enemy of the state why? from Blink One Eighty Two. Why are you doing this to me? Like it's why for would our you younger know? listeners? <laughs> our younger,
1: our
0: thirty-five-year-old listeners. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, like well. <laughs> <laughs> So they end up signing with DGC which is David Geffen Company it's a division of Geffen Records where all our obviously. executives
2: have ponytails.
0: <laughs> and this is like the people inside Geffen Records at the time consider this like the dumping grounds where bands that are going to have like they're not going to sell that many records. It's not it's it's a major label but it's not a major label. So they obviously weren't expecting Nirvana to take off the way they did. Their advance was two hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars. That's
2: pretty reasonable. That's a
0: weird amount of money. That's yeah, a weird amount, though. It's three thousand
1: of that from the Toys R Us binge, or is that a different amount? Even <laughs> that, yeah, I don't know because either I way, bet that's true. <laughs> now that you say it, yeah.
0: Is it divisible by three though? I don't think
1: so. No, no, no. not equally. I mean, not in a normal
0: amount. No, yeah. You imagine
2: so, like a, a a percentage that is divisible by four. We got to factor in the Butch Vig factor here.
0: Oh yeah, so maybe it was two hundred ninety thousand divided by four, and that three thousand was part of it. But the th- the three thousand was from Virgin, which I still oh. don't understand. Well, what... I imagine
2: it was that that was his like publishing rights for like lyric stuff. When they're like, oh, well, this guy like his oh, band might yeah. not go anywhere, but he writes. You know, if you wrote about a girl, I could imagine like a publishing house going like, oh, if this guy writes a couple of poppy songs, we can sell them. Oh, yeah. to like another band. It's uh, it's like the guy from Semisonic.
0: Yes, Dan Wilson. Oh my God, that he writes so rich. <laughs> He writes so many great songs. He wrote, he, oh, he's
2: one of Beyonce's songwriters.
0: He wrote, um, what's the Adele song that everyone. Hello? What, is no, it Hello that he wrote? I,
2: I don't know. I know he's written a couple of things. It for might I think be, it might be Hello. Rolling in yeah. my Deep? No. No. Uh, it might be Hello. Hello that That's he what wrote. It is, I think.
0: Uh, he wrote "Not Ready to Make Nice" by the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, he's he's he, like a
2: machine, and he's the kind of guy that a publishing house signs when they're like, "Oh, you wrote." Because and it's funny with yeah. "Closing Times," fine, but "Singing in My Sleep," I imagine like their second single is the one where you're like, "Oh, yeah. we should get this guy on retainer." That he, whole album's he, it's amazing. Feeling strangely fine is one of the most underrated records of the '90s. Yeah, like it is power pop gold yeah. that like would make Ryan Adams suck his own dick. Like it's great. I do like Ryan
1: Adams. That that's a blurb. But this should be
2: awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> they reissue that record. There's like a couple of weird records from the 90s that I have like a real like want to bring them back into like a new context because I think they get like passed off. It's like, oh, yeah. that, Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone from Harvey Danger is a perfect album back to front. It's. Oh, I was yeah. just
0: talking, what happened to that band?
2: I They released three albums. They're all fucking phenomenal. And then they like were like, well, I guess America just doesn't want us to be a great band. Yeah.
0: There was an interview with him and he, he, said he really regretted the title of yeah, that flagpole sitter
2: song if they they reissued that record a couple of years ago because for a while like some of the like lo-fi indie bands i know we're starting to also get into it because it's really good yeah i i would wish they'd like do a tour like i'd pay top dollar to see them because like they are such an underrated band yeah my third one is the second cheryl crow album is really good the self-titled one with every day's a winding road there's some oh great yeah fucking guitar work on that record. is that
0: the one that has there goes the neighborhood on it uh, yes. Because that's my favorite Sheryl Crow song. That's mm. a Mine's maybe Angels,
2: song. but they're both great songs. Yeah. She's a treasure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's a treasure. I, I really liked Mazzy Star. Yeah. I love little. Mazzy Star. I felt like they didn't get, they only, they didn't release that many albums. They did huh? the, I think the one or two, and then they, they did the Reunion sure. album yeah, from and, a few years ago. Yeah. It's and, also
2: really good. And yeah.
1: Hope Sandoval's got like a, and the warm feeling or whatever. Oh, she yeah. did like a whole thing for a while. Yeah. The oh, 90s the guys.
2: 90s. They were fun. Hey, we're contextualizing all these bands, right. did these albums
0: because of this goddamn record we're talking about yeah. getting made. Uh, also, Sub Pop for that contract, they got $75,000 and 2% of sales from the next two May albums. May I
2: propose a thing for the listeners to do? Anytime we bring up Sub Pop, look up a picture of Bruce Pavitt, the head of Sub Pop. Now, every time you imagine him demanding money, imagine him wearing a sash. Because I always <laughs> imagine Bruce Pavitt wearing a sash, and it really f- seems fitting for that piece of shit.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I even—I mean, I'm sure I've seen him several times. Let's look him up right now.
2: Here we go. Oh, I haven't—I don't know what he looks like modern, but like he looks like uh, you know, every guy who says he's a producer of a comedy show. Oh, this okay. he looks like an, an like a oh, there's—is that him with a guitar? Uh. N- probably not. Where's a younger picture of him? Because he used to have that big ass beard, and just like looked like a dick. Is
1: that
0: him with the hat? That's
2: yeah, him with I the mean hat. that's him now. Yeah. But uh, just imagine that he man. just had all
0: those old pictures scrubbed from the internet. He
2: sure did, because these are a lot of very current photos. I mean, he still looks like a yeah. He still looks like a dick. But either way, asshole. just imagine him wearing a sash. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. That's Where- the what. That's the other side. Keep going. Two more down. Other direction. Nope. Nope. Where Travis is pointing. There we go. This is fun listening.
0: Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, imagine that man wearing a <laughs> sash. Okay, we got it now. <laughs> and what is that? What's going on here? Did he murder this guy? Okay, whatever. People at home can't see no, that. That was a good pod. We will cut all of that yeah, out Yeah, that'll be out of there.
2: <laughs> imagine Bruce Habit wearing a sash. That I demand <laughs> payback for these albums. Uh, man.
0: Like they made a lot of money off that.
1: Two of percent. I'd say they still do if they got two percent
0: of the sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Nevermind. And I wonder that's that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, that's probably what still kind of keeps them. Do you think that the in deal business they made it means- allows them to trick us into liking Father John Misty? <laughs> oh
2: my God.
0: Yeah, that's how the propaganda machine <laughs> keeps rolling.
2: Did, you, did either you guys like follow when they were doing the sub pop like 20 years or 25 years concerts and stuff like that? No. It's a real fun mixed bag of who is still willing to talk to sub pop. <laughs> so there's like bands that were never big on that label who are very prominently displayed on those shows and people who are aggressively missing from them.
1: Interesting. <laughs> Like who's uh, like?
2: I'm trying to remember who it was. It was it was a real like that was probably the most shitty like tabloidy I've ever been was like following that when it was happening. But it like, it, it, according to Sub Pop now, Band of Horses is the most important band they've ever that's had. Amazing. They're the, like, well, didn't you guys do grunge once? They're like, get him, <laughs> seize him. I hate Band of Horses so much. Oh, I kind of like Band of Horses. Oh, I'm a white guy in his 30s wearing glasses and a beard. I They're for me. Yeah,
1: that's true. That could <laughs> not be.
0: If you look at a band of horses concert, you're like, is that Kyle or everyone there? I yeah. went to, I saw them in concert because I, I was going to see Beck and Okay, they were on the same bill. It was like a radio festival and man, I, it was sleepy times. Okay. Very sleepy times. Okay. I mean, they're fine. They're me like. Uh, More they're... like
2: board of horses. Hey,
0: <laughs> come on. <laughs> hey.
2: <laughs> i always felt like they're there if you're if you're an old stepdad and and you're too you can't get riled up and listen to the hold steady you need them for after you have your glass of wine that's what band of horses are for that's
0: true uh <laughs>
2: travis is making faces i'm just enjoying it.
0: <laughs> so they signed this contract kurt as we've discussed before has read lots of books about how the music business works but was not at all prepared for the fact that he wasn't going to make a lot of money, at least not right up front.
1: They I do love that arrogance and that naivete, where you're like,
0: "I'm going to make it big," and then someone's like, "Here's a here's, here's your thousand dollars a month, pal." Yeah. Which not terrible, not terrible, but can't, with can't shoot heroin on a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, that makes it it almost like that was their plan. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. <laughs> but then kurt starts falling behind He's on like his bills. i'll show
2: you i'll do heroin anyways just <laughs> not pay for stuff yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what he did <laughs> but doesn't matter because then they, they, they moved to the oakwood yeah, yeah this is a bullshit statement it is yes the oakwood apartments are nowhere near sound city oh well that's that's them be it like my mom texts me when there's a fucking earthquake in San Francisco and is like are you okay? I'm like yeah you don't get the geography
2: you should text It's my prob- legs send money
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think what they meant there was it's in LA like they
2: yeah
1: it's in LA but if you are only have a thousand dollars
0: good apartments which are
2: also in Los Angeles <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> nowhere near deep Van eyes, <laughs> and you cannot get there was not a good As enough
2: somebody who does that drive it's not so bad where it's not so bad, Oakwood but you apartments. have
1: a car. These guys are just shooting up heroin and eating A&P yeah, hot dogs. Yeah, but they're getting
2: driven to the studio.
0: Ideally. I yeah, mean, well, yeah. the record label's taking yeah. care of them in this L.A. This is a
2: different record label world. This is the record label of the 90s. Oh, where, right, like, where everybody had money. They just take for, care yeah. of your needs because you're a man-child who makes the sounds that are nice. <laughs> where are Oakwood
0: Apartments? Right uh-huh.
1: above uh, Warner Brothers. It's now called the Toluca Apartments or something. But the Oakwood was... I lived there after the 94 earthquake because I lived in Northridge when that happened. Northridge is where the earthquake was, so I had to move there and live there while they fixed the house. Oh, wow. Um, we,
2: we lived in a hotel on the other side of Simi because yeah. our streets split in half.
1: Yep, that sounds about right.
2: Jeez, that's, that's a what a fun happened. earthquake.
1: Yeah. And uh, Satan came out, and nothing's been the same since. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: so Anyway, it's right above Warner Brothers, so if you're familiar with Los Angeles, that's Burbank. It's above Burbank. It's nowhere
2: near Van Nuys. I'm excited for this next little run here, giving us a little run on Sound City here. Yeah,
0: they uh, they recorded at Sound City Studios. This is an anecdote from Heavier Than Heaven. During breaks, Kurt wandered the halls of the studio and stared at gold records for albums like Fleetwood Mac's Rumors and Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes. But he was most impressed by the Evil Knievel record <laughs> cut. There, <laughs> is it just him crashing?
1: Like what? What's an Evil Knievel record? What is?
0: What? Did, yeah, just the sound of him jumping over shit. Yeah, he didn't. <sighs> he didn't. Music. I imagine it's got to be some kind of like
2: talky country record. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I'm, I'm talking about in my rocket car. Boom, ba-da-boom, ba-da-boom, yeah. It's
1: so like a convoy. But yeah. Like jumping. 100%. stuff.
2: <laughs> if there is not a cover of convoy on Evil Knievel's album, I'm gonna be jumping a con boy. <laughs> I'm gonna jump this con boy. <laughs> It's just other pop songs and him writing songs about jumping over the subject. I jumped over Beth. I jumped over Free Fallen or something. I, I really wanna hear that out. the kiss song. <laughs> just that one lady, balance? and he <laughs> just jumps her. Just I imagine like a weird librarian who looks like Irma from Ninja Turtles, because that's right. what Peter Chris is into.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just can't find the sound. Evil
0: Knievel just flying over.
2: <laughs> I want to make this show now, just like a '70s show, where it's just evil Knievel going from town to town, jumping things to solve problems, like the Hulk, but with motorcycle jumps. <laughs> evil can jump. It's like his big catchphrase,
0: and everyone's just like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I the guess town is always a little upset. They
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just see a guy go by, and they're like. Well, I didn't solve shit. Like, <laughs> We, now we like both have something yeah. to be angry about. Yeah. This guy's just in our skies. Oh, fuck! Now we got to call an ambulance because this guy was all broken <laughs> on the side of the road over here. Broke Tra- his arm because his arm wrapped around his cape. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to jump
0: the Grand Canyon. What was he thinking? <laughs> there was also, this is more from that story, the light metal band Warrant had rented the studio before Nirvana. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about Warrant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When the group came back to pick up gear during Nirvana's session, Kurt grabbed the studio's paging system and started screaming, Bring me, sorry, bring me some cherry pie. (laughs) That's pretty funny. That Uh, is pretty funny.
2: Like, he's such a dick. (laughs) Like, that's not funny. Like, it's just like a thing like an asshole does to be an asshole. That's true. That's true. Like, That's true. <laughs> like, yeah. like if we knew a shitty comic who did that, you're just like, oh, it's kind of hacky. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: Or if it was a band we cared about. <laughs> <laughs> like if Neil Young walked in and he was like, the needle should have done more damage. Or
2: look at old man. I don't look <laughs>
0: anything like you. He only has listened to Harvest. <laughs> Which is a fine starting a, yeah, place, yeah, but. That's funny. At least check out tonight's thing. Are I you out so. for the weekend, Neil?
1: <laughs> I think that horse did have a name
0: that's an
2: America that's song, a, I know I
1: know but it's commonly misattributed to Neil
2: mind. I knew what I was you're doing you're trying to get all that deep cut stuff where you tried to go too many layers of clever
1: <laughs> that will be the name of my autobiography <laughs>
2: too many layers of clever the tra- tragic story of Travis Clark there'll be a podcast
1: about me in like 20 years he would like always say these jokes that only he got
2: <laughs> the tragic life and inevitable death of Travis
0: Clark oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while they're in la recording he meets courtney love for the second time oh, nice they <laughs> had met once before depending on who you believe there's all this controversy now about the story of how they met which isn't that interesting of a story they just met at a club in portland in
2: my mind i like to imagine that they met they are the two characters from that waitress's christmas song i oh That's i re- funny. i kind Thank of you, remember Travis. the song yeah but I don't remember. it's about the, co- the guy and the girl keep running into each other yeah. all year trying to hang out. And it just never quite works out. Yeah. Da, 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 but da, you da, play da, those fun da, solos da, over da, da, them shooting da, heroin da. together. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't wait to put heroin <laughs> in you when you're pregnant.
1: It's that guy I've been trying to glom onto
0: all year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: a bum <laughs> because it makes L7 look bad.
0: <laughs> Speaking of that, when they met backstage at this, yeah, they were at an L7 show. Uh, a friend of mine wanted to start an all-male L7 band, and I I'd suggested so we, call it, we
1: call it Dicks are Heavy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll learn orgasm on bass. Let's do this.
0: They uh, Kurt was drinking cough syrup Fuck yeah. backstage. I have a weird love for people who will openly
2: drink cough syrup to get fucked up.
0: I did it for two solid years. Oh, I wrote a cracked I article about it. And knew I liked about, you. Wow. <laughs> and Co- Just Co- regular Co- cough syrup? What was your stuff? brand? Uh, what was your uh, cough syrup drinker? <laughs> well, there's one specific kind of robitussin that's just dextromethorphan. Yeah, thing. dog. And I would take that, or I would take the caps capsules, and I would do I would take two bottles at okay. once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We've all played that. So game. you got to drink the whole
1: bottle, or you're mixing it, with or something? multiple bottles, yeah. and you're mixing. No, it with... I would
0: just slam a bottle, Oof. and then try not to puke because it also makes you projectile vomit yeah. if you do it too soon after eating. Wow, it's a lot of work. Drugs are a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, I was like addicted to that shit for two years, and you can't, you can like, you don't even. It's not physically addictive. I just wanted to party for two years, and that was just what I had easiest access to. Is
1: that the purple drink stuff? Like, is that No, that's like like
0: promethazine syrup and stuff like that? All right, okay.
1: This is a world I've never
0: dived into, so it's interesting. There's still Courtney and Kurt were way into it apparently. Because she also had uh, cough syrup. That's, went, oh.
2: That is kind of cute. Yeah, like if she she, reaches, she sees him drinking and She reaches a person. She's also robo-tripping. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: They belong together. They do. It's cute. Because they're both there's, trash. There's somebody
1: out there for everyone. And maybe they will end to your
2: death. If you're yeah. sitting alone listening to this, which you are. You yeah. uh, <laughs> definitely are, yeah. Uh, why don't you think to yourself, you know... I've always worried that I'm going to die alone. Just start drinking cough syrup in public.
1: Yeah, yeah, and see who else
0: does that, or go and points and goes. Me too. Yeah, yeah,
2: because that's your soulmate, you garbage bag. <laughs> <pack. laughs>
0: so they finish recording the album in June. Uh, they go way over budget. It was supposed to be sixty-five thousand. They spent one hundred and twenty thousand. Wow. And they were unhappy with the mixes. I think we've all that's heard that like a story. That's like an
1: ongoing thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's when they bring in Andy Wallace to do the final mix and from every possible source wait so
2: this is this is beyond the Butch Vig production staff
0: yeah butch vig produced it and then the mixes they were like yeah oh i didn't realize good. that but then they bring in andy wallace to do the final mix and that's why nevermind sounds so clean and huh big so that's not butch no cuz no. that's so much that like is what would
2: go on to be so much butch vig sound
0: right right but they, and if you've ever heard the, I think they, they've released the version of Nevermind that's not mixed by oh, Andy I Wallace. I hear
2: this I've heard the Albini mix of, of In Utero, but I've never yeah. heard like an alt mix of uh, Nevermind.
0: I think it's on one of the reissues. I said like because some, some of those reissues are like four and five discs. Yeah, and I think they put it on there. But, um, yeah, they bring in Andy Wallace to make it the just sound bigger. And at the time, everyone was on board with it. But then later, Kurt was like, "Oh, I didn't want—I didn't want to do that." He actually said it made the album sound candy ass. What? Yeah, who knows?
2: He was like talking like he's the rock. (laughs) Yeah, pretty
0: much.
1: (laughs) Can you smell what the Kurt is shooting?
0: (laughs) 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 But yeah, that's a lot of people credit Andy Wallace with. That's oh, interesting. Nevermind sounding oh, the way I, it does. I'm going to end
2: up having to in a weird rabbit hole. The only production story I knew from Nevermind is the story about something in the way. And how that. Oh, yeah. Is that in here uh, on the notes?
0: Uh, We've talked about it before where they they were trying to get the sound right. And Butch Vig says, no, just come out here and play it. And he's literally like laying on the couch, like mumbling the words.
2: And he was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And they literally like left had him just like laying on the couch and threw a mic over him. And that's how he's doing the vocals.
0: And there's there's kind of the flip side to that story about something in the way. Is he also had been working on that song for years? He had been working on the lyrics, and then he just comes in the studio one day and writes the lyrics down, but pretends he's writing the song for the first time.
2: <gasps> ah, what so a dick!
0: He just—you're <laughs> having the exact reaction we had for like
1: months with this. <laughs> we were like, "What the fuck, man?"
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, he just—just just
2: confirmation bias for me. <laughs>
0: That's I love that story, that he was, just comes in and pretends he's writing a new song, and he had been working on it forever.
2: Now, here's the problem. It prob- takes a lot of work to get to it. it's okay to eat fish. They don't have any feelings. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but it's true. It's a difficult uh, rhyme. Uh, best case scenario, you've convinced everyone that you can write this kind of stuff on the fly. What happens when they're like, we need you to make you another- fake a stomach uh, yeah, <laughs>
2: and kill yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> oh I've,
2: I've made my own prison. I have to get out. <laughs> I just thought all this stuff was funny, and now look at my life.
1: <laughs> I wish someone would just bring me some cherry pie. And it's like, like okay.
2: <laughs> his fantasies are other times he was a dick in the past. He's like, I liked when I was being a dick yeah. to war. Yeah, when it was real. If
1: we were making a movie, you could just be like Dickhead Citizen Kane. It would be, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the title of the Kurt <laughs> biopic. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> that would be a good title. Like, I still love this music. Oh, I love this band. <laughs> yeah, I love the band so much, and I still like Kurt. But I used to have a picture of this dude on my wall. <laughs> right. So me too. Was it one where he's holding
2: a right-handed bass awkwardly in the wrong hand? Because that's my favorite. Chris, uh, Kurt no, Cobain it's the one promo where he's smoking one. the oh, black and white one. Oh, that's yeah. a, that is a cool photo. On
1: yeah. on my teenage journals, there are photos of him taking out of magazines, glued on there, and then to to. Remind myself, I took a sharpie and wrote "dead."
2: Across <laughs> <laughs> that's actually kind of rad.
1: I legitimately co-signed yeah. that. Like,
2: that should be the thumbnail for this. That's time. the merch you should be selling. Like, turn that into a ceramic pin. Enamel. It's enamel. It should
0: be a table at Barney's. <laughs> That's an L.A. reference for It everybody. sure is. <laughs> hey, Adam, what about the
2: album cover for Nevermind? Are there any fun stories about that? Hey. How does he know? He had
0: been planning this for a long time. What? The album cover. And, uh, yeah, the thing about the album cover, he had seen a doc. He decides to start over with the album cover. What Got, was the original? I don't know. I think it was Sheep, wasn't it? Yeah, it w- yeah, probably. It had to be something Sheep-related. And that's going to be a good segue into a, a horrifying story we're about to tell here. Uh. But uh, he, at one point, he had seen a documentary about underwater birth and wanted the cover to be footage from that documentary. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's uh, what everybody wants with their fucking (laughs) accessible pop grudge. Yeah. He eventually compromises and goes with the image we all remember, which is the baby swimming after a dollar.
1: And I think he's the baby.
0: You think so? I think
1: Kurt yeah. is the baby swimming. Oh, I out thought to, that yeah. was
2: just
0: a thing we all agreed on.
1: I know. I'm just realizing it now as we're talking about He is clearly the one going after the big. Well, yeah. Day.
0: Yeah. And there, remember, there was a big controversy about the penis. Yeah. There's a, a famous story that Kurt, they, they wanted to airbrush the penis out. And Kurt's compromise was that he would put a sticker over it that said, if you're offended by this picture, you're probably a pedophile. And they were like, "Nah, just leave
1: the uh, penis. Let's just put that baby dick out. Yeah, sounds let's fine. Just put
0: that dick on there.
2: It is a bold move. It is having like having baby dick baby on dick your album is- cover, or is- or
0: that that,
2: that solution. I mean, all of it. It's definitely like I feel like he's so like that last generation of rock stars who got to be an asshole and get their way. Yeah, like it was the last golden age of that. You know, that well he starts he's
0: with- pre-internet, so there was no." There's no subsequent round of people commenting on this type of behavior. It's just you read it, and then you all get to be angry in your little group of friends, and then you forget about I, it.
2: I also think that there, was a, there has, over time, been a change in how we consume media. Because this was a time where like people made stuff and put it out, and you just didn't ask any questions. You're just like, oh, cool, here's that new thing that that our gods from above have released from right. on high, and we will just consume it now. Like, It's not like now where like everybody's got a hot take on something because we all have ownership over everything. Right,
1: and something like this was, uh, we've talked about this when we first started the show, was you would see this thing, this album cover, if you went to record stores. Even as big as this record got... That's not what they put on TV. They didn't put the fucking baby dick on TV. Like They would show photos of the band. So unless you went to a record store, you never saw this album cover.
0: Yeah. On the back was a picture of Chim Chim resting against a meat slash vagina collage. (laughs) Yep. So just he got to like put Chim all the Chim vaginas the he wanted from on the back. Speed Racer? Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, is... Chim Chim. He at one point made Chim Chim his like unofficial mascot. I didn't know that. Like that handed made... out Chim Chim stickers to people, and he had a Chim Chim as like a fan doll. of both Nirvana and Speed Racer. That makes me very yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, that's Chim Chim on the back of uh, Nevermind. Uh, so let's. Around this time, Kurt is just getting more eccentric in general. Uh, This is so weird. Be it the drugs or whatever else. And this is a story from heavier than heaven. He had a white kitten named Quisp. There's a really famous picture of him holding like a dandelion and the cats walking down his arm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And at one point he dyes her fur red, white, and blue using Kool-Aid. That's just because he's a good American. Yeah. Yeah. But his hair was also dyed red, white, and blue. So they were matching. That was cute.
2: I uh, found out that at PetSmart, when you take your animal in to get washed... You can pay a little extra, and they have like non toxic dyes where you can have them do a little design on your animal. Just a heads up as a new dog owner. Oh. My dog is all white. And so she's just like a canvas for me sometimes. So I will go in for Fourth of July, and I've had her streaked up red, white, and blue so that when she walks around my Fourth of July party, she's all decorated.
0: That's great. I like that. It's I'm like
2: gonna, five bucks extra. It's
0: super. I'm going to put it. the heart shaped pod logo on Winner's stomach. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. That'd be cute. Uh, so. <laughs> He also has a, a, a rabbit named Stew, which that's mm. funny. I get
1: stew.
0: it. <laughs> nah. uh, stew is a female, and Quisp is a male, and Kurt lets Quisp and Stew have sex. That's I cool. I mean, of a, him.
1: A, a kitty bunny would be pretty cute.
2: Love is love,
0: I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> love is love. And uh, wait, this, this is, is a
2: cat. Wait, this is how you get the cabbets from Tenjimuyo. What? what? I just went too nerdy for this one. Yeah, yeah. So you it sure did. Uh, in, in All right, thanks for listening <laughs> to Heart Shape Pod, everybody. There's a, a, an anime where there's a cr- creature on the show that's a cabot, and it's a cat rabbit, and it's the cutest goddamn cabot. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did it have an uh, inverted uterus? It did, actually. Oh, cool. I'm realizing
2: now the Japanese love Nirvana as much <laughs> as we do.
0: <laughs> because Stu had an inverted uterus, so it often stuck out. And Kurt would sometimes just push it back in with a pencil, which sounds very unsanitary. (laughs) And he often wondered if all the cat sex was the cause of that broken vagina. Haven't we all been there? That's such a weird story. It's super weird. Uh, It's
2: almost like he's a weird hillbilly at his core.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is right around the time he's about to release one of the most influential albums of all time. And only a couple of years away from becoming a father.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you can't hold like fathers and the things they did when they were pieces <laughs> of shit twenty-somethings to like being a father. Yeah, my
1: dad was murdering people at that age. So, I
0: can't. <laughs> in the army, he was part of. He wasn't whatever. A, yeah. Travis, bad news. It's about the turtles. What about him? He sells the turtles. Oh, he. So he yeah, still has the turtles. He still got the turtles <laughs> this whole time. I I don't think Kyle knows the turtle story. <laughs> At one point in, like, 88, 89, he and Tracy Miranda move in together, and one of the things they do is buy a shit ton of turtles and put a bathtub in the middle of the living room so it can drain underneath the floorboards. Oh, no, he drills holes because he doesn't want to clean out the turtle shit, so he just drills holes through it so that all the turtle shit falls through the bathtub.
2: Aberdeen, Washington. Yep,
0: yep, yep. And, yeah, this is the point in the Nirvana story where we find out He's still got those fucking turtles this whole time. And Tracy hears that he decided to sell them, and she's really upset. because I mean, he, they're broken up, though, at this point. Right. So she's just like, I want
2: my fucking turtles back. And he's like, they're gone. No,
0: she just didn't think he would ever sell the turtles because he was so attached to these fucking turtles. I
2: mean, do you think that's when he really like lost his soul? You think that's why he was upset this whole time? It have could we be cracked it today that it was the loss of the turtles was the loss of his innocence.
0: It was the turtles. I just
1: want to say, if you have to sell a turtle, you're pretty fucking broke.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, but they must have been they must have been <laughs> great turtles because he wanted a hundred bucks for them. I think he was counting on them being collectible. <laughs> <laughs> Signed the shells,
2: <laughs> curd. <laughs> Let's be honest, too. Like, there are times where those he licked those turtles when he thought there was heroin residue on them.
1: <laughs> Let's also be honest. Those turtles are probably still alive. Yeah. Turtles a live a
0: long fucking time. Yeah. Where's their retrospective oh, interview on the 25th like, anniversary? Oh, Never mind.
2: It, Netflix is for sure putting together the Cobain <laughs> Turtles documentary as an original piece.
0: Oh, I want to see the Cobain Turtles documentary.
2: Oh that, No, it's a touring exhibit. Like You go to Lackman and see the Cobain Turtles. It's just
0: some dude in Aberdeen like, uh, yeah, I still got the turtles.
2: 50 bucks. He won 100. I haggled him down. He was pretty broke. He was turtle selling.
1: Broken. Yeah, uh, and it's going to have a dumb name like Highway to Shell
0: or something like really <laughs> terrible. You know, I like that. Highway to Shell. Like sh- Shotgun or Turtle? So either Either way, way. either Either way, way. it's a double, it's a twofer, (laughs) too many layers of clever. (laughs) So later that month, he flies to L.A. to do more album and promotional work, comes back July 29th. All his possessions are outside his apartment in a box. He'd been evicted, slept in his car for several weeks after that. This is just underneath the bridge. (laughs) This is just months before Nevermind comes out.
2: This is also my question: Why didn't he go stay with like Chris Novoselic or somebody else who is probably also still living in LA? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Like he's got two bandmates who are working on the same album. He is. Yeah, but he also has
0: this. Inherent- oh, or his
2: girlfriend who he has now, or that he's. At least sleeping with
0: sometimes. Well, right. Courtney Love, at, we'll find out. At was what fucking point. him in the car. Well, she was uh, in a long distance relationship with Billy Corgan this oh, whole right. time. Right. Oh, this yeah.
1: whole time, the whole time.
0: Uh, but Kurt has this ongoing
1: thing of being something in the way. So yeah. this is exactly what I. To me, as I see it on paper here, it's exactly what he wants. It's to be thrown away again, because that is the confirmation bias of, of course you don't want me, because no one wants me, because I'm too fucking real.
2: It's
0: that redneck
2: (laughs) feel sorry for myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: So they get back to L.A., and they uh, shoot the Smells Like Teen Spirit video. you know who directed that bad boy? Uh, Is that Mark Romantic, or am I wrong? No, I want to say Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard
2: it's an interesting video like it's it's interesting to me that it's so iconic because it's so simple in a lot of ways
0: yeah sam bear directed smells like teen spirit and they fought a lot on the set because kurt that was basically his idea he did the treatment for it right down to the apocalypse cheerleaders who were supposed to be prostitutes that's a subtext i didn't get yeah Yeah. i don't know if that part ever happened but that'd be amazing
2: so much of that video, I feel like people go, like, ah, it's super deep. I'm like, eh, it's like a crazy pep rally.
0: Yeah, he just wanted, he wanted, a like, a... pep rally a, with
2: a fog machine and a yellow... Like, he literally lights. asked for a mosh cam. Yeah. <laughs> that he could... And MTV was like, our mosh cam is our prized possession. We will not be giving it to the likes of you, sir. That is for our jo- rock and jock events only. Rock
0: and jock events. <laughs> He also the Dan Cortez <laughs> has the Mosh. G- <laughs> He'll like side away right like <laughs> it's his son who's in
2: danger.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Mosh gamers, I call it Dan Cortez Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: he uh, the janitor in the video was also that was him. Yeah. That was a reference to him when that- he was a janitor. Back in that was, Washington. That's a
2: brutal story. I gotta give it up to him. Is that like he dropped out of high school and then months later was a janitor back at the high, and his yeah. high school? high school? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we've his, talked about that. Yeah, he, he drops out and ends up working at the same high school as like a the same
2: year. Like his the people he was just in class in are now looking at him and he is a janitor there. I'll show you all. I'm going to put a janitor as a reference in a video, and you guys probably yeah. won't get it, but Rolling Stone will bring it up a lot. No,
1: just in case you guys are like, hey, wasn't that the guy who ended up being the janitor at our school? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it is. And now look at me. I'm something in the way now. But I'm, I'm sure... something in the way of your television. But I'm sure on set he was real peach and easy to work with.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, no, he was a huge asshole. <laughs>
0: Got drunk between takes. <laughs> Fought with the director constantly. <laughs> pushed a couple of rabbit eaters up with a pencil. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Huge piece of shit on the the set of the video. But they get it done. The It ends up being an iconic video. But right after they film it, they go on a tour of Europe with Sonic Youth. And that's the tour that most of the 1991 The Year Punk Broke documentary Which, uh, comes I from.
2: Own, it's sitting on my shelf in my room right now. It's a it's a pretty good documentary. It's yeah, it is good. it's a it's, uh, it's very well, the concert footage in it is insane. You also get yeah. crazy good footage from Dinosaur Jr and L7 in there too. Yeah. And and uh, Babes in Toyland. Ugh. Of all the bands that run in there like oh, I bet you guys are a little bummed. You're <laughs> never not going to be the bottom build on <laughs> this Have list of bands. Have you ever
1: heard Cat Bechlin's fucking thing about Courtney Love?
2: No, but I bet it's oh, yeah. Scathing. So
1: Cat and Cat uh, of the band Babes in Toyland uh, was great band directly ripped off by Courtney Love. Like, mm-hmm. ideal. Oh, oh, Down to the baby doll dress and the berets. Bar- look up a picture of her. Yeah. They were even in a band together. Courtney, at one point, was in Babes and Toyland for a while. Oh, bit. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Kat, you can find this online. She goes, you know, I liked making music, and Courtney just liked being famous. Mm. So, I mean, that, time has not healed all wounds. That is still a, a sisterhood that is not... Uh,
0: Interesting. Not good. Have you ever heard Kathleen Hannah's story about Courtney Love? Oh, it can't be good. It's really short. It's, I was standing at a show, and she walked up and punched me in the face. Whoa! <laughs> like, didn't even say anything to her. Just walked up and punched her in the fucking face. That's nuts. Yeah. That's super on brand. You know, Courtney Love was, she was a little crazy. A little? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to harp on it, but.
2: I don't want to say speak out of turn, but I feel like maybe she was, like, kind of sketchy.
0: Maybe. Hmm. There's a great conspiracy theory about her that Oh she's, really? that she's basically right. yeah, a no. just like a CIA kind of chaos agent who infiltrates upstart music scenes.
2: I've never wanted start, to write a DC Vertigo comic book about <laughs> something more than Courtney Love as a chaos agent.
0: There is an insane book called Drugs as a Weapon Against Us that is yeah, yeah. I'm writing that it's, shit down right now it's worth a read there is it's got lots of great stuff about yoko ono uh john lennon really really insane stuff
1: also i heard billy corgan wrote most of that whole record
0: that's kind of true (laughs) yeah yeah uh so they they do the reading festival while they're there uh at one point eugene kelly of the vaseline or
2: read i think it's reading Reading, yeah, yeah sorry
0: Uh, Eugene Kelly of the Vaselines. It's just the Reading Rainbow (laughs) Festival. (laughs) It's LeVar Burton out there. Just
2: just a big LeVar Burton made out of balloons.
0: (laughs) I'd be into that. So they play with uh, Eugene Kelly of the Vaselines. And when he gets home, Kurt writes a thank you letter to Kelly, unsent, of course. And it ends with this. I got evicted from my apartment. I'm living in my car, so I have no address. But here's Chris's phone number for messages. Your pal, Kurt. Smells like, like Teen Spirit goes on sale that same week. So he's living in his car and Smells Like Teen Spirit is already in stores. But again, it
2: could have been living on Chris's couch.
0: Yeah. I feel like that What Chris would have been okay with that. Yeah. He's Probably. like, oh, we've
2: got that album coming out. Maybe yeah. you can just crash it. Right hey, place you know how I write friends.
0: all the songs? Let me sleep on your couch. Yeah. <laughs>
2: he's but like, but he, all right, but I'm going to tell you about being mayor one day. <laughs>
0: My God, should we make this? Uh, I think we should. Uh,
1: I think we should revisit the part two
0: of this. Yeah, I think we should make it. Otherwise, this is going to be a two and a half hour <laughs> episode. So, but that's a good place to to stop right it's before right before, e- right before everything changes. Yeah, right yeah. before. So you're saying we start the next episode and everything changes. Everything. It's, everything's going to be different. But from some here things on. will remain. Some things will not change. Some things will oh, stay. I'll Kurt's oh, gonna be oh, a just total piece you of
2: You guys know everything changes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everything, but Kurt's inherent belief that he is the center of the universe that will stay the same.
2: Oh, this is fascinating. There's so much about this I didn't know. Same. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, it I ex- came out on Friday the 13th. Uh, it, well, they had their. Ugh,
0: that's a great start. 91. Well,
2: is that the year Jason Goes to Hell came out? <laughs> what a great day. I I don't
1: remember. <laughs>
0: we'll look into it before the next episode. <laughs> yeah, we should wrap it up here cuz we have we have not gotten even halfway through the notes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, this is good. <laughs> this is this is really good. That being uh, said
1: that we have had so many discussions about sonic youth and
0: uh, so well, many other things. Yeah. It's all important. It's to all the connected. Story. Yeah. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want us to just blow through it. We should have some insight. I do otherwise like, we're just reading you a book. I do like the idea
2: that if it's a Nirvana podcast, you guys just glaze over Nevermind. <laughs> it's the ballsiest podcast yeah. of all time. Blah yeah. blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. <laughs> smells like things. Yeah, guys. We're back <laughs> with yeah, our Dan yeah. Carlin style nine hour episode <laughs> on Incesticide.
0: <laughs> Track two. So when we continue the the talk about the Nevermind years, we'll start with their record release party, which oh, is yeah. a legendary event. So It's an insane night. And another example of... Oh wow, well, Kurt was kind of an asshole. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Which is the
1: subtitle of this entire I, yeah, podcast. I feel
2: bad that I'm like like I'm coming super hard at him on these. I don't like
0: like you guys usually more this. No, that. We, no, it's a we're we, yeah, thing. No,
1: we went at him really hard, and then we were like, oh, he never lived past twenty seven. And then yeah,
0: we uh, yeah we had, and, had to do it. We literally did an episode called "Are We Being Too Hard on <laughs> Kurt?" And yeah. the answer is no.
1: No, probably not. No, probably not. But then also <laughs> too like. Uh, yeah. He's always gonna be 27. You're yeah. never gonna see the guy be like, fuck, I used to I used to push a rabbit's uterus in with a pencil. Like I was fucking crazy. I we'll never up. see yeah.
0: him take off the red hat and start hosting jazz nights in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> he never got to apologize like Freddy. There's Durst. a
2: real danger that like when this show <laughs> reaches its conclusion, that I really push that you guys do a oral history of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I feel like that, and the it would just be us being like, they
1: were really not good. I don't understand how any of this happened.
0: I mean, and the now Faith apparently cover was yeah, fine. I don't know; it was
1: okay. And apparently, there's a jazz night now.
0: And I, thought, I heard he was going to be a director.
1: I don't know. That's the whole. That's which, the whole podcast. Yeah. Done.
0: yeah. I was going to speculate on what that podcast would be called, but that would be a whole other hour. This red cap, this red
2: pod, <laughs> three dollar pod, y'all. <laughs> Now I want to do it. I will 100% do that with you. That would
1: be so I will sit in silent judgment for every episode. I will never contribute. I will just be there protesting.
0: I love it. All right. Yeah, we should wrap it up. This, uh, I don't know when this is coming out. (laughs) Sometime soon in the future. Uh, do we have anything to plug? Subscribe to the rest of our podcast on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/unpops. Kyle, what do you in, got? In
2: case you missed out on the last one, uh, this is Rad. Is the name of my podcast I do it with Matt Burnside and Laura Knight. Uh, people celebrating cool things they like. Uh, go uh, look at it. Look for a thing you like. Give it a listen. Uh, I also have an album called I'm a Person that's on all of the places where music can be gotten digitally. And uh, I am at Kyle Clark is Rad on Twitter. So if you want to keep talking to me about weird band stuff or talk about Sonic Youth in any way, shape, or form, let's do this. That is
1: exactly how Kyle and I met. Like, yeah. literally, I did some really stupid jokes about bands I liked. You made a <laughs> reference to Shudder to Think on stage, and I was like,
2: I'm going to corner this man when he gets off stage in the basement of this bowling alley. No, it was, or, no it was Burger place. Yeah, that was pool, it.
1: Pool alley, yeah. Um, I'm uh, at Mr. Travis Clark on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. You can follow me there. I'll let you know anything I'm doing. And Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more I will read from my teenage journal.
0: Yes. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. This was fun. Kyle, say goodbye. Goodbye. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.